right, everybody, welcome back to the lab. Uh, Ryan Rivers here interviewing Kate Holiday for our part two. Yeah. Um, we are revisiting, uh, I don't want to say episode one, but <laughs> instead we're kind of uh, um, episode. here in the 80s <laughs> of our episodes now. So we're just doing a quick uh, get to know you, this is who we are type deal Yeah. for those that have been listening for a while and even for those that are just now joining us. Um, if you have any questions, we mentioned this in the last episode that you yep. want uh, that you want answered, theweeklylab at gmail.com is how to get a hold of us. And uh, you can use that same email address, theweeklylab at gmail.com. Um, send us a reception report if you're listening over shortwave out of WRMI in Miami, and we will get you a QSL card in the mail. Yes. Um, so in our previous episode here, um, you gave us a little bit of background about yourself growing up. Yep. What your career plans were. Mm-hmm. Um, Changed many times. Many times, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and for those of you that, that missed out on that, you can always go back and listen to the previous episode, and you can get caught up here where we are. Yep, on iTunes. Because I don't... On yeah. iTunes, that's yep. it. Um, so now you shifted from... Um, you just swam in the Marianas Trench. I did. And you've done all these cool things. You've traveled the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you're obviously... Well, aside from a government shutdown... Yeah. You're going to get paid. Right. Um, now, aside from the obvious, you're under the UCMJ. You're under, um, you know, facing time in a brig... Mm-hmm. What uh, <laughs> what motivates you to continue after doing all these cool things, and now you're I don't want to say stuck on land, but yeah. you're not doing the as much cool stuff the way I look at it. Right, me I too. Mean, I've done cool stuff before, and then I look at what I'm doing now, and I'm just kind of like it eh. doesn't really compare. Yeah. So um, you know that alarm clock goes off in the morning or <sighs> even the night before. Like, what motivates you to? To even keep going at this point. To continue? Obviously, the pension is just a few years away whenever you can retire. Yeah. So, obviously, the UCMJ <laughs> yeah. is your biggest I mean, motivator. literally, if I don't show up, I will go to prison. Um, I guess, oh, that's a tough question. Because I, I mean, know you told me a long time ago that uh, you get bored with jobs. I do. Like, you worked at um, all sorts of stuff. We don't have to get into that now. But, yeah. like, you always left because you were like, eh, I'm kind of over Oh, it. yeah. I literally quit every single job I've ever had before the military. And I'm I'm honestly thankful. I would say almost every day that I had to sign a contract and I cannot just up and leave. Because I probably would have quit a long time ago. Oh, wow. Um, just because of, you know, the culture shock and just other things that you deal with. Because the military tracks certain types of people. Mm-hmm. And... Not everybody meshes with everybody. So it's learning to adapt and how to cope with working with people that you, like in the civilian sector, you might just be like, okay, I'm done with you. Like, and just quit, you know, because you don't want to put yourself in those awkward situations. But um, I think also that makes you grow as a person because you're out of your comfort zone when dealing with different kinds of people. Uh, So it challenges you. But really, I mean, yeah, being out at sea and doing, like, the actual Coast Guard mission, like, rescuing boats and towing them and doing boardings and making sure people are fishing legally and things like that, like, that's, like, the gold standard of the Coast Guard is, like, doing that kind of stuff, I think. And so switching gears into the medical field, there's not as many chances to be operational like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, to the, like, knowledge of the fact that I still get to move every couple of years keeps it interesting and I'm thankful for that opportunity because obviously I've been places that I haven't been a fan of but I know it's temporary yeah and that's one of the biggest things I appreciate about the military like even even working on land in medical like the clinic that you're in each clinic that I've been to has its own dynamic it has its own like the job is 
kind of the same, but the expectations are a little bit different. Like working at an air station last time, um, dealing with a lot different medicine and like a lot of, it was just different circumstances. So even though you're still in the same line of work, each time it's a different dynamic. Um, and if you hate the area, you know, you know, it's temporary. If you don't like the job, it's temporary. Like for instance, the last job that we had, neither of us liked, and thank God it was only eleven and a half months. Yeah. And we got I, out of that situation. That was like the longest tour of my life. I, I know. Can believe it. Can you can you imagine if we were there for four years? No. That's what I'm saying. So if you really hate something like Jersey, no offense to anybody from Jersey, but Jersey's not for me. I did not enjoy it. I hated my job at the time. Like the clinic we were working at, like I was miserable there. But it was temporary. And then we moved to Alaska where I loved both. So I was still in a clinical setting, but it was a totally different experience. Um, so yeah, I mean, and honestly, the pension, the health benefits, the things that you get from being in the military, the education benefits, um, like you just finished your bachelor's degree mm-hmm. and I would say it was free, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was completely free. I'm finishing yeah. up a degree here and hopefully this year I'll finish completely free. Um, you know, and knowing too that my parents went through the same thing and my mom unfortunately had breast cancer, but she would go in and get her chemo and radi- radiation treatments, and her copay was like $8 a treatment, where somebody with, let's say, Obamacare or something like that, that would be like thousands of dollars each time somebody went. You right. know what I mean? So the fact that my parents went through the same thing, and I have comfort in knowing that they're financially okay with their health care, because a lot of people declared bankruptcy for health care during um, Obamacare and things like that. So um, it's just hard to pass up. And I've met some really great people that I'll probably be friends with for the rest of my life. I met you. So without the military, I, I wouldn't have had the friends and the experiences that I've had. So it's it's hard to pass up things like that. Well said. Thank you. I try. Um, what, um, so shifting gears now, What's what would you say after, because you said last time, last episode, you've been in for what, 12 years, 12 and a half? Just over, yep. So just over 12 and a half years. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the hardest lesson that you've had to learn? Ooh, um, the hardest lesson I've had to learn. I would have to say that before joining the military, like I said, I was very, I wouldn't, I don't know if you could call it spontaneous. I was quick to react. So I was one of those people that would say what was on their mind Mm -hmm. and I was outspoken about my opinions. And if you didn't like it, I don't care. Like, I would just say whatever, and if I didn't like the job, I'm like, deuces, like, not even giving you a two-week notice, I'm out, you know? Like, it's just one of those things where I was, I I guess you could call it impulsive, Mm -hmm. in a way. Like, even though I'm very, um, I'm a lot more introverted now than I was as a kid, let me tell you. Um, But I think the military has taught me how to be less impulsive, um, and know that it's not appropriate in the military, in front of certain people, to explode. Or yeah. voice your opinion or, you know, things like that. So I think I think I've appreciated those life lessons a lot because it has carried over into my civilian life as well. Because I have held a couple civilian jobs on the side while I've been in the military and I just realized it's not appropriate to talk to people like that, even if it's like my solid opinion, like it's something that I'm wholeheartedly a believer in. I'm not gonna voice my opinion because of the repercussions. Before when I was a kid I would just say something and people would be like what Mm. like why are you saying that and I'm like like it's my (laughs) thought you know like I can voice my opinion so I think that's one of the biggest things because I think in a civilian job if I were to mouth off like I did when I was younger I would have gotten fired a long time ago so I think that life lesson is going to carry over for the rest of my life 
but it's, it was a very hard lesson to learn. And I think boot camp, honestly, like it started from boot camp. It shocked it out of me. Cause did, I heard, you, did you ever get yourself in trouble? In boot camp? No, here, like uh, since you've, in the last 12 years, like has... Um, uh, define trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for like speaking my mind? Yeah. I, yes. Not to the point where it has been like documented and like has affected my career. But I would say I've been pulled aside a handful of times. And I mean, it's still something I'm struggling with, and I'm a very like facial expressive person, mm-hmm. and I, that's something I'm still working on. I well, actually, thanks to COVID, you have a mask now. That's true. So that saves you. That yeah. You probably haven't been in trouble since February of last year, right? Because nobody can see your expressions. Yeah, although I did once since then. <laughs> so your eyes said it all. Yeah, eyes, eyes and eyebrows. Of the soul. So, um, I mean, I have been talked to a few times because. I am a very opinionated person and I try to say it as respectfully as possible. But when somebody's not listening to me and I know I'm right, yeah, it's one of those things that I continue to fight for. Like, I don't care who you are in the chain of command. Like I'm going to voice my opinion because I know I'm right. And I'm going to say it to the point where it gets through your thick head is how I feel. You know what I mean? So I have been talked to you about like my facial expressions, like rolling my eyes and as things like that. Right now, I know it. just cause it's annoying. Like I, I definitely need to work on it, but at the same time, it's like, I feel like it was justified and that's probably somebody who's guilty saying like what I did is justified, but I mean, to some extent. So I think that is a a very hard lesson that I've had to learn and I'm still working on it to this day. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so what would you say, um, after coming through all that and you've learned your hard lessons, what about your, uh, what about your greatest accomplishment? Ooh, and it doesn't have to be just in the last 12 years, just in general. Like, what would you say is something that maybe you didn't think you could do and you pulled it off? Or hmm. if it would just happen to be something that came up and and you're looking back and it really stands out. Man, greatest accomplishment. You can't say swimming on the Marianas Trench. <laughs> that wasn't an accomplishment all in itself. I didn't freak out too bad. Man, um, I don't know. I mean, growing up as a kid, I would say my biggest accomplishment was um, being a state champion in gymnastics at hmm. the time. Um, I was living in Wisconsin, and I was state champion um, for level four gymnastics on the balance beam, and that was back in the day when I wanted to be an Olympic gymnast, so um, shout out to my dad, because he was my coach at the time, even though he wasn't actually my coach, but he coached me on the side, and that's what really changed and like got me to where I was in my gymnastics career, so that was probably like my biggest accomplishment um, growing up as a kid, and I'm still proud of that to this day, because not a lot of people can say they're a state champion in something. Yeah, true. I can't. You can't? I mean, we'll we'll get into the interview part with you on that kind of stuff in sports and everything. So <laughs> it'll yeah. be good, people. If there's I promise. one topic we won't speak of, it'd be sports. <laughs> sports and Ryan. Yeah. Um, but as an adult, who um I don't know, I guess making it this far in my career. Making, honestly. Yeah. Because no joke, staying saying that I quit every single job I ever had as a kid and I had quite a few jobs, um, Having a consistent job for the past 12 plus years is an accomplishment all in itself Um, for the fact that I am outspoken and sometimes I don't always say what people want to hear because I don't think that's right, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and having interactions with higher ups on things that I should or should not have done and those conversations and everything I am proud of myself for keeping my career and keeping my composure Um, when I do fight and go to bat for things that are difficult sometimes. 
Because I feel like a lot of the times in my career, I've been the voice for other people who aren't as confident, even though they know that they're upset about something that's legit. Right. People don't always say things. And I find myself in a predicament where I'm like, okay, this could go one of two ways. Mm. It's either going to work out in my favor and it's going to, because it affects a lot of people whenever I, you know, I find myself in these situations, I feel like, um, it, it's either going to work out for everybody or I'm going to sink my own ship. Like, and so far, thank God knock on wood, um, it has worked out. So, I mean, I am honestly proud that I have been able to keep this job um, despite doing all those things. And it's really cool to um, share stories with my dad because we joked when I was on the boat because he spent half his career on the same size boat I was on. And he sometimes he just stops when we're sharing stories. He's like, you know, it's still freaking weird that I'm sharing daughter like stories with my youngest daughter and they're similar. You know, like, I'm going through the same things he did. And he was like, I never thought we'd be having these conversations. So mm-hmm. I think that's a huge accomplishment was to, like, get on a, like, father-daughter relationship to a new level and being able to bond over that. Because growing up, I had no idea what my dad did. Like, I used to joke I grew up without a dad because <laughs> he was never around because he was always deployed on the boats. And people were like, that's so sad. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I mean, like, my dad's here. It's just not physically here, yeah, you know? He's just, uh, he's just working. Yeah, I used to screw with people all the time. I'm like, yeah, I grew up without a dad. And they'd feel so bad. And I'm like... No, he's just gone for like two, three months at a time and then he comes back. So um, I think that's that's a really cool accomplishment as well. Um, on the on the opposite side of that, what would you say your biggest regret is? Ooh. Like looking back and you're just like, that's the one that got away. Yeah. Biggest regret. Um, you know, I used to think dropping out of college at the time was a big regret. I'm like, I'm so stupid. Like I had a scholarship and... It, it was like the easiest thing I could have done because literally the junior college I was going to was like a five minute drive from my house. It wasn't hard like at all. You know, I was taking basic GE classes and like I just had to have a little dedication to do it. And I was like, mm, mm. like I was like in my older teen years and I was just so not motivated. And I used to think that was my biggest regret um, growing up. But I would have to say that it turned into a positive because of the career I have now and I am going to school still and the things that I've accomplished in my career, like I'm doing medicine. I'm not an ER nurse, but I mean, I can pretend to be one on TV, Good, you know, <laughs> like I have a lot of medical knowledge nowadays. Um, and I essentially accomplished the same thing, just taking a different career path. So I think it turned into a positive, but, um, career wise, sometimes I do regret going into the medical side just for the sole fact that I do enjoy the operational side like we were talking about yeah it's not as exciting um but now that I have you and the dogs and stuff I don't want to be away from home so it's kind of a catch-22 you know I kind of regret it but at the same time I'm glad that I did it so that's it, it varies sometimes I get like upset at my job and I'm like man I just wish I could get underway and like do the Coast Guard mission that way right you know and go out and like actually feel like I'm accomplishing something and some days I'm like, there's no way. Like, I wouldn't go out there. So, I mean, it just varies. That's easy to understand. Yeah. Um, so, in closing here, mm-hmm. um, thoughts, closing remarks, advice to your younger self, listeners, any just good advice on life? Hmm. Well, I would have to say that I know, like I mentioned a little bit, I don't know if it was today's episode or last week's, but... Um, being able to adapt. So like living in California, a lot of my friends that I made there, like junior high and high school had been born and raised in California. And it used to shock the crap out of me that none of them had even gone outside California. Like you didn't care what was in Oregon, even though you're like two hours away from there. You don't care what's in like Vegas, which is like six hours away from us. Like 
how have you done that? You know, like that was just mind blowing to me the way that I grew up and the way that they were like just fine staying in their little bubble. Like, so I think my advice would be if you have the opportunity, like get out and see stuff. Um, cause you know, some people, when it comes to Alaska, for instance, people either love it or they hate it. Yeah. And people that I meet say, would you ever go back? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'd go back. Like I loved it there, you know? And I tell people, I'm like, I was fortunate enough to be paid to go there Mm -hmm. and live there and experience it. But I always tell people, I'm like, if you ever have the opportunity to go to Alaska, do it. Um, even if people hear the horror stories, like it's depressing, it's dark 24 hours a day, which is only part of Alaska, by the way. Um, just go experience it. Don't be afraid to go out and get experiences because I think that has really like formed who I am as a person. And it makes you throughout life, not just like the whole moving concept and like traveling and seeing different places and things like that. But it, it teaches you to adapt and overcome to anything, whether it's people, it's obstacles in your life, it's moving, it's making new friends, it's dealing with a difficult coworker. Um, it just teaches you like coping skills and life skills in general. So I think that would be like one of my biggest um, words of wisdom Mm -hmm. is to don't be afraid to experience new things. And even if you think it's normal to like be born and raised in California and you're like, none of my family's left California, like go do it for yourself. Because if anything, it's just going to teach you either maybe you'll love it, maybe you'll hate it, but at least you tried. Yeah. You know, like a prime example is... um, I used to be extremely picky as an eater, as a kid. Oh, yeah. You still are. <laughs> I'm not as bad, though. Because before, people would be like, oh, try this. And I'm like, no, it's gross. And they're like, have you ever tried it? I'm like, no, but it's gross. Like, I know it's gross, you know? And now it's like I find myself in a situation where I'm like, I will never say no to trying something. I will try it and then say no. Except for tuna. Because I, I was scarred for life as a kid. Like, I tried it, and I know I don't like it. You Hey, you didn't like salads back in the day, but you do now. True. Maybe you've acquired a taste for it. No, because I open a can of tuna for the dogs, and I'm like, <laughs> like that's PTSD. That's a whole different story. <laughs> I just can't eat tuna. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't just assume you don't like something without trying it. Hmm. So, I say get out and try new things that's, all the time. That's great advice. Yeah, any opportunity you have, take it. Take it and run. Um. So and we didn't really talk much about how we ended up here doing radio, except for mm. your first question um, at the yeah. beginning. Yep. But um, moving forward, though, yeah. So you have what eight years left until you can retire, and then what's your uh, what's your plans there? Are you going to open up your Thank own goodness. broadcasting corporation or uh, voice acting? Um, I would still love at some point to get into voice acting because I haven't fully like had the opportunity to explore that since it's been radio, podcast, things like that. Um, so I would still love to do that. Um, but my ideal retirement plan is to retire and not work unless I have to. Hey, that's a like, dream. You and I are trying to set ourselves up to be those people that you never hear about. I don't know why people don't do it more. Retire and just retire and enjoy life. Yeah. Because so many people, especially in the military, it's like after 20, 20 plus years, people are like, oh, I have to start looking for a job. And it's like, why? Like wh- you're retired. And unfortunately, a lot of people can't retire these days until they're in like their 60s. Right. I, I hate to see that. Um, but ideally, I wouldn't want to work unless I had to. And you and I have talked a lot about what we would do um, if we if we decided to work. And I would love to absolutely open up a uh, dog boarding facility or a dog rescue. Um, I think rescue would be hard. Because of the sole fact that I would want to keep all of them. Right. Yep. And we'd probably just end up with like a house full of dogs. You'd have your own farm. It would just be a dog farm. Yeah, it honestly would. It'd be like 
there's places in other countries that rescue dogs and there's like hundreds of them mm-hmm. and they just i mean they get adopted out and stuff but they always have so many dogs that would be me i just have like a huge pack of dogs you'd be on hoarders i know <laughs> seriously hoarding dogs they'd all be well taken care of though okay of um but i think a dog boarding facility would be really really cool and i want it to be one of those places that doesn't remind dogs that came from shelters of a shelter yeah um you know sometimes and it's no fault of their own it's just the design of the place um boarding facilities is just chain link cells basically is how i would describe it it's just like runs or cages along you know a warehouse or something um I always had the idea of creating a barn type thing where they had like horse sized stalls mm-hmm. that was inside and then the same area on the outside and they can transition inside and outside and there'd be, you know, like I worked at one dog boarding facility that had suites oh, and yeah. they were like noise proof. They had their own like couch. They had a little TV, like all this fancy stuff and wow. just being able to go to like the little play area and hang out with them and stuff. And honestly, just making it the coolest dog boarding place and people would want to put their dogs in it because it's like a little slice of home. Yeah. And not because like Ryan, and I never want to board our dogs because I'm afraid that they're going to have like stress reaction to it because you walk in, it's a chain link fence, mm-hmm. like cage. And they came from shelters. All our dogs did. Um, and I just don't want them to be in that position where they're like, no, like they think we're taking them back to a shelter. Right. You know? So that would be my lifelong dream of doing a job that's fun Um, but I mean, we want to own a bunch of property and I would love to have like the whole barn type facility and do that kind of thing for the doggies. I like it. Yeah. But I would love to get into voice acting still. Cause I still think like watching family guy or like South park or like some (laughs) show that's just hilarious. I would love to have that job. And the whole reason too, that I wanted to get into voice acting was cause I'm shy i'm introverted like i don't think i would do well on camera mm-hmm. um i've been interviewed by like news stations and stuff before in front of cameras and really yeah i did um a couple times and i just don't know how i would do <laughs> acting in front of cameras i just feel huh. like i would choke up and never get anything accomplished so what are you laughing at i just trying to picture you like stumbling on a news camera or something just sounds like somebody else i know yeah. not you mm-hmm. um no it's funny but yeah, I just never picture myself in front of a camera acting out something live. So I figured I could hide behind a microphone and do the voice for a character that would be my face. Essentially. You know Essentially, what I mean? Essentially, yeah. So that's that's how the whole voice acting thing came to be. Because I was like, I would love to be on a show like It's Always Sunny. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is like probably one of the most funny like live action shows I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And watching their bloopers and things, I'm like, man, that would be so fun. Right, to have that as your workspace oh every day. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would yeah. die. But right. um, I just I just don't know how I would do in front of a camera. So that's where the voice acting thing came in. So I'd still love to do that. Well, that all goes back to getting out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, who knows? I might just nail it if you, I get it. You might be a famous actress one day. I might. I'm getting old, so it's got to be sometime <laughs> soon. <laughs> Preferably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well... Theweeklylab at gmail.com. If anybody has additional questions or uh, feedback, mm-hmm. please send us uh, send us an email. We're also looking just for uh, topic suggestions in general. Yeah. Um, we like to try to keep it positive and apolitical. True, true. However, um, some things just can't be avoided. Yep. So, uh, yeah, send us an email. Send us a reception report if you're listening on shortwave out of uh, Miami, Florida, WRMI. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will be back hopefully next week. 